you're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Ha! Got him! That should keep the first order off our backs. Nice work, Paul. Tim, are we set to make the jump? Yep. The end of the prime in accordance with the rendezvous are set. All right. Strap in and let's get this intel delivered to the resistance. Punch it! You're listening to Star Wars. The saga continues. Your hosts, Kyle Avery, Tim Jirasi, and Paul Herman, are scouring the holonet for news and bringing you all of the latest updates on the future of the Star Wars universe. And the future is bright indeed. So we invite you to join us on this exciting journey as the saga continues. Hey there, Star Wars fans, and welcome back to another episode of Star Wars The Saga Continues, a very special episode as we're actually doing a bit of a crossover episode with uh, our friends over at the Wampas Lair. So um, as always, I'm your host, Kyle, and I'm joined by my co-host, Tim, and our friend, Jason Hunt, uh, who we just... You know, we're all hanging out together at Phoenix Fan Fusion over this past weekend, hosted some Star Wars panels that you guys will get to hear, but we're doing a kind of a crossover for us to all come and just kind of talk about our experience and do a fun little episode together. So, uh, Tim, Jason, how's it going, guys? What's up, guys? Uh, this is really a blast that I had at this this past weekend at Phoenix Fan Fusion. I'm glad we're jumping on to record a podcast episode about it so quickly <laughs> after we just experienced all that fun. So this should be just real, real fun to relive it all over again. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on guys. And we had a fantastic weekend at Phoenix fan fusion uh, just a couple days ago. Um, and I'm so excited to talk about it and I'm, I'm only disappointed that it's over and that we can't just live at Phoenix fan fusion all the time. Yeah. I mean, of course, the older you get, the more these cons take a toll on your body. I mean, <laughs> part of me physically is glad that it's over, but there's another part of me that would love to just keep walking around and looking at costumes and going to panels and getting Star Wars celebrity autographs and stuff for days and days on end. That That is true. I kind of have just been sleeping or wanting to sleep uh, for the last two days uh, since <laughs> since it ended, so... Yeah, I'm definitely glad I decided to take that extra day off before heading back to work when I got back. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad I didn't try to, you know, work that next day after even, I mean, Tim was staying with me for the weekend. So that uh, the con ended Sunday, Monday, I took Tim back to the airport, but I was like, do I want to try to still work that day? And I was like, no, nah, I'll just take the whole day off. And that ended up being a good choice. I wish I'd had that choice. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <man>. <laughs> But uh, yeah, man, I mean, what an awesome weekend. And of course, Tim, I mean, it was a whole weekend of firsts for you. Right. <laughs> um, also kicking off that Thursday night, we got to go see uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse and IMAX. And it was your first time ever seeing a full IMAX movie before. Um, but obviously your first time out to Fan Fusion, And uh, it was great having you with us. Normally, Jason and I have our friend Joey Letson, uh, who we host these panels with. And he happened to be out of town doing something else that weekend. So he wasn't able to make it. But it was great to have you there instead. And uh, it's cool that you got to you know experience all this for the first time. Yeah. I mean, first, 
gotta say thanks for inviting me to ask me to be on the panel with you guys and just thanks for hosting me and letting me stay uh, with you guys that was really cool just a really fun weekend all the way around and just i'm not really a con guy i mean i haven't really been to any the first one i, <laughs> I went to a wonder con just for like half a day back in 2013 and then my first full con was star wars celebration anaheim in 2015 and since then i haven't really been to any so this was my first one in a long time and just really my second full con ever so and it was a lot of fun phoenix fan fusion was just really cool i know you guys have been doing it for a while and always said how much fun and it was and getting to host panels and uh it lived up to all what you guys were saying it was because i had a blast doing the panels and just walking the exhibit floor it, it was just i felt like a nice balance of not being really huge and not being really small either felt like i got to do everything that i wanted to do plus the panels so just it was just a great experience all the way around and it definitely won't be my last phoenix fan fusion yeah it excellent was, it, we're we're converting him turning him into a con guy right? yes <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah no kyle we've been going to this con in particular since you know you went, I think, one year before I did, and you drug me the second time in like 2012, I think it was. Um, I think and... it was 2013, because my the first year I went was 2011, and then I didn't go in 2012. But we, okay. I think, because we went to Celebration Orlando that year, That's and I, right. did, That's I right. didn't, I didn't want to try to spend two cons because that was back before we started doing panels, so I had to actually buy tickets to Fan Fusion. Um, right now, they let exactly. us in for free because we provide so much Star Wars content. For them. We do, we do. Uh, um, but yeah, so we've been going since 2013. So this is, uh, I mean, technically 10 years of going to cons. Uh, of course, there were a couple of years there. They didn't happen. But um, yeah, no, it was a blast. And honestly, this is one of the best Phoenix Comic Con slash Phoenix Fan Fusion, because we can't, you know, they changed the name now. It's Phoenix Fan Fusion. Um, that I think I've ever been to. Uh, the guest list was great, especially for Star Wars fans. Um, obviously the panel list was fantastic because we did three of them um, and they were fantastic panels and we're gonna talk about that in a second. But I mean, you know, the the guest list, we had uh, Katie Sackoff, uh, of course, Ashley Eckstein, James Arnold Taylor, Paul Bettany was there. So Star Wars fans were, were well represented and it's not always been like that you know in the past so i think you know matt lanter was supposed to be there but unfortunately he had to uh uh cancel at the last minute because according to uh james he uh, got heat stroke uh or heat exhaustion working in his yard the day before and had to go to the hospital to get an iv because he got so dehydrated um and the doctor did not let him fly so uh, thankfully he's, he's fine, but it was, uh, just a little disappointing. I would have, would have enjoyed seeing him there with the other two Clone yeah. Wars actors. And the irony of the fact that he got heat exhaustion before coming to Phoenix in right. um, <laughs> Exactly. That, that is the, the, the highest of ironies because it was quite hot this weekend. Yeah. Uh, and he got the heat exhaustion working in his garden and not in phoenix so yeah but uh yeah i mean even as much as i would have loved to get to see that trio together um just having matt and ashley or james and ashley there was fantastic i've been hoping that they would bring those guys to phoenix fan fusion for years yeah um they keep having 
you know, a lot of, uh, I mean, they get so many voice actors and, um, you know, people from like anime and other cartoon and video game franchises and stuff. Um, and, you know, they've had some fairly well-known like big names as well as like TV and movie actors as well, but particularly with the voice actors, like, because there's people that I feel like are on that same level of sort of popularity as like the Clone Wars actors. And I've also seen Matt and James and Ashley on social media, like, promoting other cons that they're at that are a lot smaller than fan fusion. So I'm like, man, what do we got to do to get these guys out here and get some more star Wars celebrities at this convention? Yeah. Um, Every time they sent out, you know, like, Hey, what, who would you like to see? I would, I would always put star Wars, you know, because again, yeah. the categories, I always like star Wars. And then if I have the opportunity to write anything, it's like the clone wars, you know, get, get the clone wars voice actors, you know? So mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. I've definitely <laughs> requested finally that listened. in the past. Yeah, actually, because I got to, uh, so we got to meet all of them as well. We got a photo op together with, uh, with James and Ashley. Yes. Um, I got James's autograph. So I got to meet him separately in his autograph line and chat with him for a little bit. And then uh, my sister Kayla came with us on Friday and she got a selfie with Ashley um, so I, and I, you know, went and stood with her in Ashley's, uh, autograph line and got to chat with her a little bit as well. And her husband, David Eckstein, who's a former baseball player. And that was cool. I didn't expect yeah. him to be there. And me as a big baseball fan, I got to kind of chat, you know, talk baseball with him for a minute while, uh, Ashley and Kayla were talking, but yeah, and um, me and Jason I mentioned... were on the sidelines just watching you have that great conversation. <laughs> we're just like, yeah. oh, what could we possibly talk about? Oh, Kyle's talking to David, so it has to be about baseball and stuff. So. <laughs> right, sure exactly. Was. We're yeah. sitting there watching you just tower over everybody and, you know, because <laughs> they're both short. Um, yeah. And it's, but it was really funny. And I, I also got autographs with both of them. And uh, David was sort of in and out of the, the line when I got up there, but uh, E.K. Johnston was sitting at Ashley's table. Um, she, of course, wrote the Ahsoka novel and the uh, the Padme novels that have come out recently. Um, and she was sitting there at, at Ashley's table. And so I got to talk with E.K. Johnston about the Ahsoka book and the popularity of it and the fact that it's in its 10th printing right now and uh, right before this, the show is going to come out. Um, so I got to talk with her about all that while I was waiting for Ashley to finish up with the uh, the people in front of me. So they were both of them are so nice. Um, Ashley takes so much time with everybody that comes in her line. So if you ever are at a con with her, just expect to wait in line, but expect the wait to be worth it. Um, <laughs> and then James is also one of the nicest human beings on the planet. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was really nice to get to meet both of them and chat with them both. But, you know, when I was uh, when I was in line um, meeting Ashley with Kayla, um, I just kind of briefly mentioned to her that I've been wanting these guys to come for a really long time. And she said that she's actually been wanting to come, too, and that she requested to their booking agents or whatever to book them for Phoenix. So um, that was really cool to hear. And hopefully it won't be their last time coming, um, Especially because, like I said, I would love to get to uh, have Matt out here as well and maybe get another picture with the three of them. I also had some, uh, I've got like those um, Black Series, like special edition uh, Clone Wars figures of Anakin and Obi-Wan that they released uh, a couple of years ago, like in kind of the throwback 2008 Clone Wars packaging. Yeah. Um, and so I, I wanted to get both of them to autograph those. And so I got to meet James and have him sign my Obi-Wan figure. And uh, so I got to complete the set now and get Matt to sign the Anakin one. Of yeah, course. I mean, I didn't get to meet 
uh, James and Ashley at their uh, booths where they were in the signings. Um, but it was still just great to have them there. I did do the photo op with you guys, which was a lot of fun. My first photo op at a con. Uh, and you guys were kind of telling me how it goes by really quick. They kind of bring you in and out, which was the case for this, where you just kind of did a quick hello, take, decide what pose you want to do, <laughs> do the photo, say goodbye, and that's it. But it was still just fun. I mean, having James Arnold Taylor suggest uh, we do the force pose was awesome. And then we all uh, did our force push moves, which you can see on our social media stuff where we posted the picture, which was awesome. But yeah, even J- before James, was... James actually did the Obi-Wan like two fingers thing. Yeah, uh, when I yeah. saw it, I was kind of kicking myself. Why didn't I do that? <laughs> I was standing <laughs> well, right by. It would have been cool. This is the Obi-Wan move. So, you know, you can't let Obi-Wan do that, right? That's true, <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> let Obi-Wan do the Obi-Wan pose, right? <laughs> yeah. But I mean, just leading up to the convention where Kyle, you just kept sending me messages like throughout the weeks leading up to it. This person's going to be here. James and Ashley and Matt are going to be there. Oh, Katie Savkov's going to be there. This kept sending me all this like great guest list of who's going to be there. And it was the perfect first year for me to go to all these Star Wars guests, but then also me being a big Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle fans. They had a big presence at Fan Fusion this year, which you guys are saying is kind of the first time too, where they were just kind of celebrating the original uh, movies that came out in the 90s, which was awesome. So that was cool to have a presence there. Um, I got to uh, take a photo, get a sign by Brian Toshi, who did the voice of Leonardo in the original TMNT movie. So getting to celebrate and just have fun with two of my favorite fandom was just tons and tons of fun, which is cool to have that kind of be the focus of my first Mm -hmm. Phoenix fan fusion. So, yeah, there's just so much stuff to enjoy uh, for this one. So it's like it really was the perfect first year for me to go (laughs) to experience Phoenix fan fusion with the guys. So it just everything worked out so beautifully it's like the force was with us on this one (laughs) yeah the guest list for this year was really impressive and probably one of the best if not the best that they've ever had in the years that i've been going in terms of like just having a lot of different fandoms that were well represented i mean it's definitely the the best year for star wars that they've ever had because like you said i mean we were supposed to have the whole clone wars trio there along with uh, katie sackhoff and paul bettany um but then like they had people from star trek uh with like william shatner was there and some of the other actors from some of the more recent star trek series um of course paul bettany also being in the mcu and jeremy renner was there as well um so you had some mcu actors there uh Uh, you had steven steven amell and grant gustin uh and tom cavanaugh from the the dc tv shows um the all the the tmnt stuff um and you know some other like like i said you know they usually have a pretty good group of um like voice actors from other anime and video games and stuff and like comic book creators and authors and even like you mentioned uh jason even ek johnston being there and i think there were like one or two other authors there as well who've done some star wars books um so yeah it was just you know whatever you were into there was something there for you to do um, which is kind of the case every year. I mean, there, there's always a little bit of everything at Fan Fusion, but especially just for for getting to like get photo ops and and signatures with celebrities and go to their panels and stuff. Like they had people from all over, so it was really cool. Yeah, definitely. And and of course, you know, we we were part of the the weekend. Uh, we did three panels this weekend or last this you know for Phoenix Fan Fusion. We. Uh, one of our normal panels that Kyle, Joey, and I usually do is the future of Star Wars, where we just kind of break down, uh, you know, what's coming up in Star Wars. 
this year we also did our uh, Mandalorian season three recap. And then Kyle, your baby, uh, has been the Jedi <laughs> survivor and, and the future of Star Wars video games. Uh, that's that's a panel you've been wanting to do for a long time, and you finally got to do it. And boy, you, you, it was your panel for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, I had a lot of a lot of big ideas for that and a lot of stuff I've been wanting to talk about. But um, yeah, I mean, I've talked about doing a Star Wars video game panel for years, um, even about, you know, with Battlefront and some of the other games that have come out recently. Um, but you and Joey are not as big into video games as I am. And so every time I bring it up, you guys would be like, yeah, sure. Like, if you want, go for it. Like, we'll sit on the panel with you. We might not have much to contribute. Um, so having Tim out here this year, I figured was the perfect opportunity because Tim's even more into video games than I am. Although I maybe spend more hours playing Star Wars video games than Tim, just because he's off playing, you know, Zelda and like all these other games that I've never played before. Um, but I mean, we both had played Jedi survivor and loved it. And, uh, it's funny because when, when I first submitted the idea for the panel, because I mean, we have to get these panel submissions in back in like February, um, and so I called it, you know, Jedi Survivor and the Future of Star Wars Gaming and was thinking we'd maybe focus more on like the upcoming games because there's a lot in development right now. Um, and I was like, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about Jedi Survivor as well. But at the time, like it wasn't out yet and we hadn't played it. And then after I played it, I was like, oh, this panel is just going to be me raving about Jedi Survivor for an hour, which is <laughs> kind of what it turned into. But um <laughs> That one was a lot of fun. Out of all of our panels, I think that was the smallest one, like the one that had the least amount of people at it. And maybe because a lot of people still haven't finished the game yet. Um, it was but also it was at still... six o'clock on Saturday night. So uh... that's true, which is the I think the first time we've ever had a panel that late. Um, yeah. But uh, I mean, it was cool it was because the people that crowd. Yeah. And the people were, were there, yeah. like, yeah, they were into it. You could tell that these were also, you know, fellow passionate Star Wars gamers that, uh, you know, really were excited to be at a panel about this. There were a few guys that showed up in cosplay as Cal Kestis, and we got a picture with a couple of them afterwards. So that was really cool. Um, so, yeah, getting to do that for the first time and, and geek out about the Star Wars gaming was really fun. Um, but then, yeah, the, the future of Star Wars and the Mandalorian panels, I thought those went really, uh, really well too. The future of Star Wars one, it's funny because that was sort of a last minute addition. Yeah. And like you said, that's something that we've done before in the past where we'll talk about the upcoming shows and stuff. But, um, we submitted when we submitted our ideas for this year, I think it was, well, they actually asked us to take over the Mando season three panel that somebody else was going to do and then had to drop out of. Um, and then I really wanted right. to do the video game panel this year. And then we actually thought about doing a Lord of the Rings panel about the, the Rings of Power TV show. Um, and we weren't able to get that one in. Um, but I was like, oh, you know, it's fine. Future of Star Wars, we don't have to do that one this year. And then Celebration happened. And they announced right. all this new stuff and the three new movies <laughs> and everything. And I actually emailed the guy that we've been, you know, in contact with setting this up. And I was like, because sometimes they've asked us, you know, the, like they're they're always happy to have us because sometimes they have kind of a shortage of Star Wars content, or I feel like sometimes they've they've kind of pushed us to be like, hey, you know, we we need more Star Wars panels. So I just reached out to him and it was like, hey, if you guys need one more Star Wars panel, like we'd be happy to jump in and and do one more at the last minute about all this new stuff that just got announced. So um, that one actually was kind of surprising because because it was sort of a last minute addition. Uh, it was like first thing Friday morning. It was in a small little room. It was like maybe we won't get as many people showing up to this one. You never know when it's first thing in the morning, people might still be coming in the gates and whatever. Um, yeah, we and that was, we packed the room. 
Um, it was standing room. There were yeah, people like, yeah. People, people were standing in the back. Um, and I thought, I mean, that one was just a great way to to kick off the day. I thought that set a good tone yeah. for the whole rest of the weekend because I was you know, kind of not sure how that was going to go and how many people were going to show up and stuff. And I kind of led that one. And it was kind of my first time. I mean, even though I do this on our podcast all the time, it was my first time leading one of these panels just because Joey usually does it. Um, so that one, that one, I was like a little bit nervous about leading up to it. And that one just went, I thought, probably the most smoothly out of the three that we did. Um, Definitely. And for the rest of the weekend, I was just like, all right, we're cruising. This is fun. That's all good. So. Yeah, it went really, really well. And, you know, I was one of the, uh, I think I, I got in early because, you know, we just wanted to make sure we we had to check in, get our badges, get through security and everything like that. And we we're the first panel of the day. So it's like, well, we want to make sure we're there in enough time to get everything set up, everything ready. Uh, and so I got in there early, probably like, you know, almost 45 minutes before the panel started. And there were already two people sitting in the room waiting <laughs> for the panel to start and i was like that's a good sign i think yeah. uh, <laughs> that's a great so, feeling when you just walk in and there's people already there waiting it's like oh cool yeah, yeah. right it's always like it, you're you're glad that people are there that early wanting to hear you talk star wars and at the same time you're like you didn't have to get here this early when i still got to figure out my stuff and you know um but yeah it was cool because i mean we got there a few minutes after you i think we got there about half an hour early um, and I, I still can picture like those two people that you're talking about that were sitting right up in the front of the room, but I think there might've even been a couple more in there by the time we got there. Yeah. But it was, it was really great. I had so much fun, uh, you know, wandering the exhibition floor, seeing the great costumes. I will say, um, the best Luminara Unduli costume I have ever seen in person yeah. was at <laughs> Phoenix Comic Con this year, or Phoenix Fan Fusion, excuse me, sorry, uh, <laughs> this year. And uh, I got a picture with her while I was in costume. Uh, so that was even cooler. Um, yeah. yeah. That's okay. And that, that, was, yeah. <laughs> that was after the Clone Wars Trio panel, right? Yes. yes. Yeah. We were yeah. we were all in the panel. We were leaving the panel. Uh, and I walked past her in the crowd and I was like, I need a picture. And I was like, there's no guarantee. You, if you see somebody, you know, you might see them wandering around later, maybe. Mm. but it's a big place and there's a lot going on. So if you see somebody and you want to get a picture, it never hurts to ask right then and there. So I had to get one uh, and it turned out great. And, uh, but yeah, I think that was probably the best costume or my favorite costume. I saw all weekend. Did you guys have any anything else that you saw that you uh, really enjoyed that you thought was really cool? Um, I think maybe my favorite, at least the first one that comes to mind, like I mentioned, we saw a few different guys dressed as Cal Kestis. Um, and I think I saw a couple Trillas as well. So a few different uh, cosplays from, you know, Jedi Fallen Order and, Fall and, and Survivor. Um, but my favorite Cal cosplay that I saw was uh, unfortunately a guy that I that wasn't at our panel and I didn't get to get a picture with him because it was while we were getting food and I just happened to like turn around and see him walking right behind us and I had my hands full of like pizza or whatever so I couldn't even stop and take a picture of him. Um, but he was Cal in a poncho um, and he had like the hair down and everything like kind of looked just like him but like he had a poncho that looked like it was right out of the game and he even had like a, a little stuffed BD1 plushie on his shoulder. Um, but it was like a customized one. So it was like a different one of the color schemes you can pick from the game. So that was really cool. Um, 
But uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, there were there's always so many great ones. It's always hard to pick a favorite, but that was one that stands out to me. Uh, but yeah, but one of the uh, Cal cosplayers who were who was at our panel had a great BD one model that was yeah on shoulder yeah like, like really impressive. So that was cool. Um, for me, probably my favorite was um, I think someone who was actually with that Cal cosplayer during our panel was someone who dressed up as uh, Captain Rex from Star Wars Rebels, um, mm. who looked really good. Uh, so that was probably my favorite. But I will say. Um, I was disappointed that because I was really hoping there'd be some death troopers and really hoping someone would dress up as the crosshair imperial outfit that I love so much. And unfortunately, I didn't see any of those at this con. So um, other than that, though, it was so cool to see the different costumes um, going around. We, there was a cool like Rodian family uh, cosplay that looked really, really cool. There was a good Quarren mm -hmm. cosplay that was going to the photo op with Ashley and James. Um, so yeah, there was definitely some cool Star Wars cosplay going on. I just didn't get to see my favorites, unfortunately, but maybe next time. Yeah, so you gotta of course, go, I got to I got to give a shout out to my sister to Celebration to get that crosshair costume. I think so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I got to give a shout out to my sister, Kayla, too. I'd be biased if I said this was my favorite cosplay, but she actually did an Ahsoka cosplay that was really cool, too. Yeah, it looked great. Um, that was kind of more of a casual Ahsoka. Like yeah. She bought one of the, the Her Universe Ahsoka costume dresses, and, like, she had that with the lightsabers, and, like, she didn't do the full, um, like, face paint with the, the leku and everything, but she did, like, just the white face paint markings, and then she had, like, blue and white braids that she kind of styled to kind of look like... Um, like Ahsoka's, or I don't know if Leku or whatever they call them on, on Togruta. Montrols. Um, Montrols, yeah. Um, but it was just kind of like a more more casual, like Ahsoka-inspired look, but it still looked really good, and she got a lot of compliments on that. And It was, uh, it was very well done. Yeah, and Ashley loved it. Like, I was there with her um, in Ashley's autograph line when Ashley got to see it, and she was like, oh, my gosh, you're so beautiful. And, like, I took a picture of the two of them, but then, like, Ashley grabbed the phone away from me and wanted to, like, take more selfies with her and stuff. And so, <laughs> so cool. Um, yeah, that was really cool, too. Yeah. Well, uh, anything else we want to talk about? Otherwise, we should probably introduce the uh, the first panel that we're going to stick on the end of this episode right yeah i mean i guess the one other thing we could mention in addition to getting to meet those guys like going to their panels too um you know they oh, had yeah. a, a clone wars actor panel with again unfortunately matt lanter wasn't able to be there but um just having james and ashley up on stage and taking questions from the audience and kind of talking about their careers and their experiences and getting to tell some behind the scenes stories from clone wars a couple of which i hadn't heard even after all these years of um hearing them do interviews and panels and stuff um, and to just be there in a packed giant room full of other Star Wars fans that were really excited to see those guys. Those, you know, those celebrity panels are always really fun. Um, and, you know, they obviously have a, a great energy and banter between the two of them. James, I love that James Arnold Taylor never gets tired of saying hello there. Um, oh, right. <laughs> like you would think that him being the, the voice of Obi-Wan, that he would get tired of people saying that to him. But I'm like, he probably doesn't get it that often because he says it to you first. Like, yeah, I feel no, like he... every person in his autograph line, you walk up to him and he's like, hello there. Um, and, you know, he said it when they came out on stage. I think I don't know if it was me or somebody else, but I actually like he he said hello there and everybody went nuts. And then as the noise started dying down a little bit, I yelled out General Kenobi. And he I don't know if he knew it, knew it was me or if somebody else said it, but he did look yeah. out into the crowd and go, you are a bold one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, there were there was like two or three of you that, that yelled General Kenobi back to him. And so he that was his response to that. So he's 
He's probably got that a few times. Um, yeah, and, uh, I'm glad I'm not the only to. one though, because come on, like the the prequel fans, like that's the only correct response to that. So absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> the only time I didn't get hello there from James was when I went to get his autograph because I got a Plo Koon uh, picture of his autographed, and he of course instead said Kotuya. You know, oh, that's and, almost better though. Like that's a deep cut. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I love that. So, I, I was like, that's awesome. So he's got he's got something ready for everybody. I will say the uh, the Order sixty six story at In and Out um, yes. <laughs> was probably the best story they told. Um, yeah, I don't know if we want to go into that in detail here, or we should just say if you get a chance to see a Clone Wars panel, ask about Order sixty six and In and Out. Um, yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> you won't be disappointed. I, I, clearly, I mean, you can you can gather from the context that the Clone Wars cast went to In and Out and they got Order sixty six, but the circumstances around it are both, you know, ironic and kind of sad and also really funny in hindsight. So right, right, um, it was sad at the time and hilarious now, um, yeah. which is why they told the story. So yeah, um, so that was a really fun time. Also, Katie Sackhoff's panel was also great. Um, we didn't get to meet her or get, you know, photo photographs or auto photo ops or autographs with her. Um, but we got to go and, and see her panel and see her up on stage as well. And that was also just really fun hearing her tell behind the scenes stories from the Mandalorian um, and get really coy and awkward <laughs> when people asked about speculating about future things that she maybe already knows about and can't talk about. Um, pretty much confirming by not confirming type situation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I, I wasn't able also, to catch the beginning of that panel because I, I was at a, a raffle at a booth. Um, so I ran in late and ran in just the, the perfect time as she's telling a very uh, dramatic story about <laughs> dealing with um, the costume and uh, bodily functions. <laughs> and it was the most, it was the perfect time to walk into a room of people laughing and her just turning red underneath her hat. <laughs> she, was, so, she, she wasn't just turning, she was crying laughing, telling yeah. us how hard it was to pee in the Bogotan suit. Right, um, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, that was, that was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, again, definitely just the sort of the best representation we've had of Star Wars actors at a a fan fusion in all the years I've been going. So that was great. And uh, yeah, definitely Tim, we picked a good year for you to come out for the first time. Yeah. And hopefully it's just the start of getting more like star Wars presence there and having more actors was from the movies or the animated stuff would just be awesome. So hopefully this, this is just is like just a tipping the point. Beginning. Yes. Yeah. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully this isn't a one-off. Like, I don't know if they got some new management or like increased their budget for this year or what, but again, they just knocked it out of the park with the guest list. So I hope they keep going up from here. And this isn't like a, Oh yeah. Remember that one time in 2023 that was way better than all the other ones. Yeah, hopefully that's not the case. So. Yeah. yeah, it was great because last year was the first year they, they were back after COVID and they kind of were a little tentative. They didn't know how big it would be and how you know many people would be coming back. And they got a great response and a great turnout last year. So this year they just went for it. And mm -hmm. uh, you could really tell. Um, and it was it was fantastic. So um, I don't know how many people were there, but it was a lot. I'd say at least 50,000, uh, maybe more. So that would be my yeah. guess anyways. 
Yeah, I, maybe even a little more. Like back in, I feel like it sort of hit its peak popularity in like 2015 to like 2017 or 18. Like some of those years they were drawing in like 75,000 people a year. And some of those cons, it felt packed. Like, yeah, you know, especially like the middle of the day on a Saturday. Like if you didn't get there early, like by the middle of the day, the line for just badges and security was like around the building. Um and just trying to get through like the food court or the exhibit hall or some of the more packed areas, it would be just like wall to wall people. And it was hard to get to where you were going. And this year it didn't feel like that. Like it definitely felt like it was crowded. There was a good amount of people. Like it felt like a well-attended event, um, but it never felt uncomfortably crowded or uh, like the, the crowds were a big hindrance or anything. And props to the people running it. This was the probably the best year they've ever had as far as I can remember in terms of like just the line management and the badges yeah. and security getting in. Um, Cause we've had, again, you know, years in the past where even getting there early for panels and stuff, it took maybe like half an hour to get through security standing in lines outside. And all yeah. three of the days we were there this year, we got through I think maybe five minutes max. Yeah. Um, most. <laughs> so yeah, it was, it was really quick. So I'm glad they've got that thing down to uh, an efficient science. Absolutely. Well done. Well done to all the, the people working at uh, this year. Uh, keep it up for next year and we'll definitely be back. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Great weekend all around. Without question. Yeah. So glad you guys <laughs> invited me that I was able to make it because it was definitely a great time. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a great memory. So getting to do the panels and just hanging out with you guys for the weekend too. So um, like I said, it definitely won't be the last one. Looking forward to the next one. Yeah, I and mean, look forward to having you out here with us next year. But uh, yeah, without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into uh, the first of our three panels that we recorded here for the weekend. Um, I know for The Saga Continues, and I think, Jason, you're probably going to be doing the same thing for Wamba's Lair. Um, we're just going to take this sort of recap conversation we've just had, and with this episode, we'll include uh, the first panel that we did, which was the future of Star Wars kicking off on that Friday. Yep. Um, and then the next two, the Mandalorian and the Jedi Survivor panels will release a little bit later, um, just kind of as their own separate episodes and spread those out over the next couple of weeks. But uh, hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, you know, you'll get to hear um, just the stuff we talked about. And uh, I don't know if you can hear on the audio some of the questions from the audience and stuff, but always, you know, kind of getting to do this in front of a live audience and interact with people and, and kind of bounce off people's questions and comments and stuff is always fun too. Yeah. And real quick too, want to give a shout out to um, one of the audience members, at, I believe it was the Mandalorian panel who came up to us afterwards and gave us this cool little figures he handmade of like these little uh, man like bunnies and mandalorian helmets which was really cool so yeah you. they're like these little 3d printed silver mandalorian bunny figures yeah that was really cool i think that's the first time we've ever had somebody come up and like give us something after a panel like that before so that was really cool yeah, it was really nice uh yeah no they 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 turned out great and uh they, they almost look like their best scar uh they're that yeah. kind of like yeah. metal <laughs> silver yeah so uh yeah i'll we'll have to make sure to take a picture at some point yeah. Um, so I don't yeah, know no, if, uh, I don't remember if that guy took one of our business cards with our podcast info on it, but sir, if you're listening, thank you for the Mando bunnies. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, to the rest of you, thank you for listening to our, uh, our Phoenix fan fusion recap. Enjoy the panels and uh, we will see you next time. And may the force be with you. See you next time, everybody. Bye. Hello there. 
Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the first panel of the morning at Woo! Phoenix Fan Fusion 2023. Um, I hope you're here for the future of Star Wars because that's what you're stuck in this room for now. Um, uh, we're going to go ahead and get started shortly. I will let you know we do have time set at the aside at the end for questions. So if you have questions or comments or things like that, uh, please save those for the end. We'll be more than happy to discuss things with you. Um, but before we get started, first of all, I'll introduce myself. My name is Jason Hunt. I am one of the co-hosts of the Wampus Lair podcast. Um, I've been doing panels here for several years now. I don't remember how many. Um, but uh, I am surrounded by most of the Saga Continues podcast. So I'm going to go ahead and let you introduce yourself. Hello, everybody. My name is Tim, one of the co-hosts on Star Wars The Saga Continues. And this is actually my first Phoenix Fan Fusion attendees. I'm very excited to be here to be on the panel. Looking forward to a great time. Yeah, and my name's Kyle Avery. I'm also one of the hosts of The Saga Continues with Tim. Um, we brought him out for California for this one. If uh, I don't know, there might be a few of you who've seen our panels before. Jason and I usually have our friend Joey here with us, and uh, he's actually out of town at a different con this weekend, but we're glad Tim was able to come instead. Yeah, um, he got paid to go to a con <laughs> in, in Iowa, poor guy. Um, but yeah, so we're excited to uh, be kicking off the morning with you guys, talking Star Wars first thing. So um, let's jump right in here. We got a lot to talk about with the future of Star Wars, with all the upcoming movies and shows. Um, there's been a lot of stuff announced recently, especially with Star Wars Celebration London. So this is kind of going to be a recap of all the big announcements there. We got a couple trailers and some pictures and stuff in here. Um, so first and foremost, this is uh, the new uh, canon timeline that they talked about there. Um, kind of highlighting all these different eras where all the upcoming uh, Star Wars movies and shows are going to take place. Obviously, some of these you're probably already familiar with, The Rise of the Empire, Age of Rebellion, the, uh, you know, the First Order, the High Republic, all that kind of stuff. Kind of the big new additions here are the New Jedi Order, um, which is going to be kind of the next era taking place after the sequel trilogy, as well as the Dawn of the Jedi, which is going way back and telling stories thousands of years before the movies. And then also the Old Republic, um, which obviously a lot of us are familiar with from the games and stuff, but to see that included in the canon timeline kind of hints that maybe we'll eventually start getting some stuff in that time period as well. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. That's going to be exciting. Um, Starting with movies. Yes. yes. Star Wars is returning to the big screen in a couple years near you. Yeah, we don't know dates yet, but um, this was kind of the big thing from Celebration that like they announced three new Star Wars movies, which I don't know about you guys, I was not expecting that. We were expecting kind of some exciting big stuff, but three movies was like, I was expecting one, maybe two. I was not expecting it. Uh, it is not a trilogy, uh, we'll get into that, but uh, yeah, I was not expecting it. I was very excited about what we got, so yeah. Yeah, that's the big thing. The movies that were announced, just how exciting that may be as far as the potential of what these future movies can be. Just stuff I've been hoping to see as a fan for such a long time looks like we're going to be getting in the near future. So not only was I just excited for to get three new movies announced because it's, it feels like it's been too long since we got a new Star Wars movie released in theaters that we could all enjoy. But the fact of what these movies are going to be just has me super excited. Yeah, as much as all the, the recent you know TV shows on Disney Plus and stuff have been awesome, there's nothing like Star Wars on the big screen. So we're getting three new movies coming up from three different directors set in three different time periods. The first of which is going to be a film focused on the New Jedi Order. Um, and it's going to be directed by Charmaine Obey-Chinoy with Daisy Ridley returning as Rey. 
uh, set 15 years after the rise of Skywalker, and uh, they described it as being focused on Rey's attempts to rebuild the Jedi Order and the dark powers that rise to try to tear it down. Um, so there's a picture of Rey and the director up there and her from Rise of Skywalker, um, or sorry, Daisy Ridley, not Rey, one and the same, but... Um, <laughs> yeah, so this one's cool. I wasn't necessarily expecting them to announce this uh, this early or to, to kind of jump back into that time period so soon, especially with it setting pla or taking place 15 years later. Um, but it's going to be cool to jump back in and kind of see, catch up with these characters. I'm assuming maybe we'll see uh, Poe or Finn or uh, some other characters from the sequel trilogy, probably not just Rey, but um, to see her, you know, with 15, year, 15 more years of experience as a Jedi and trying to rebuild the Order is going to be uh, just cool to see what they do with that. I was honestly a little surprised that Daisy agreed to come back. Um, so I was very excited to hear that because uh, she's... One of the best things about the sequel trilogy is uh, just her as Rey. But um, I'm very curious because, you know, this was, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, how Luke sort of rebuilt his order. But now that it kind of fell apart and she's got to start all over again, I'm curious to see, all right, now what does that mean for the Jedi? Are they going to be, you know, as formalized as during the prequels? Or are they going to be something a bit more nomadic? What is, what is this? So... Um, I'm just curious because uh, it's totally new, and they don't have to, you know, go based on anything else that's been out there. So, yeah, and I'm just really excited to see. Obviously, Daisy really coming back as Rey. Just seeing that the state of the Jedi is the big thing because, as you mentioned, Jason, we haven't really seen. We thought Luke was going to rebuild the Jedi Order, you know, that didn't work out. So now this is the time to really see the Jedi be brought back and. It's, it's here to stay, at least for a good portion of time now, to where they're not repeating the same thing as Ray tries to build the Jedi Order up, but then it falls apart as well. Like this one, I'm just really hoping this is it, where the Jedi is like going to be a new Renaissance era, so to speak, for the Jedi with Ray in charge of it. I just can't wait to see her 15 years later as an experienced Jedi Master. Just I'm seeing her in that new role, maybe as a mentor figure to future Jedi. It's just a lot of exciting stuff, and just what you mentioned too, this a clean slate as far as not knowing what to expect in this new era 15 years after the sequel trilogy. So right. a lot to be excited about. Yeah, and I'm, uh, obviously the Jedi are, one of my favorite things about Star Wars is the costume probably implies. <laughs> so I'm super excited about this. Yeah, I mean, it will be cool to see, like you said, just kind of a, a clean slate, like what will this new Jedi order look like? You don't necessarily have to stick to the old ways of a temple and a council and sort of the things we, we think of when we think Jedi Order. So it'll be interesting to see if there's any kind of new structures in place, if there's if she kind of tries to break away from the old way of doing things. But um, yeah, there's a lot of room to kind of expand and do some new stuff there. And um, as, if, as if new Jedi weren't enough, we get old Jedi. We get old Jedi. Uh, the next film was uh, a Dawn of the Jedi film directed by James Mangold, who um, is a well-known director who's done like Logan and uh, I think he did what, 310 to Yuma. Yeah. Um, and of course is doing the uh, new Indiana Jones movie that's coming out this year. Um, so this presumably will be the next project that he's working on. Um, it's set 25,000 years before the current Star Wars films, and he talked about wanting to explore the discovery of the Force, the origin of the Jedi, going way back to the beginning of how all this mythology started. And he described it as a biblical epic, uh, akin to something like the Ten Commandments, and uh, obviously set in the Star Wars universe. So I think that sounds really cool. Like we don't. This is probably the one that, out of all these movies, we know the least about, like what characters might be in it or what might actually happen in the story, but. Just with the ideas and the premise that they've talked about, I mean, this sounds like something that could be really cool, having this big sort of historical fantasy epic 
you know, showing all these people discovering the Force for the first time and coming together and maybe forming the Jedi Order, some of them breaking off and forming the Sith. Like, we don't know how much of that history we'll get, but um, just the potential for seeing those kind of, like, ancient history things that inform the Jedi and the Sith and the Force users as we know them now, that's always something that I think is really cool. So I'm really excited for just the, the possibilities of this one. And if they don't open it with a long, long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, then they really missed the boat. <laughs> yeah, what's the point if it's not going to happen? <laughs> yeah, this one I want to say is probably my most excited I am out of the three movies that were announced, but I keep going back and forth on the But this one is the one, as a fan, I've just been wanting to see the story told for so long, just to get that in-canon story of the first Jedi, how the Force was discovered. I know there was that comic series that came out about 10 years ago, uh, Dawn of the Jedi, I believe, same title. But wasn't a huge fan of that comic series, but now the potential to have a new story told about that is just, I think the potential is just rich with possibilities for this type of Star Wars story. And I'm someone who likes to know the history and like the mystery about stuff. I know I'm, I'm someone who would love to learn about Yoda's species and where he comes from. I know they don't like to reveal all that stuff about certain characters, but I like learning about that. So the fact that we're going to learn the origins of the Jedi and just how they discover the Force, I just think is just going to be incredible to see. So right now, this is the one I'm probably most excited for. Yeah. Hey, real quick, I just want to point out, for those of you standing in the back, there's some open seats up here in the front if you want to uh, come sit down. Yeah. Yeah, Sorry and obviously, we're crammed into such a tiny room. I'm glad there's so many of you here that want to talk Star Wars. Yeah. And obviously, it is far enough in the, in the past that Yoda will not be in it. So it'll be all new characters, nobody, nobody that we know as far as I'm aware, is going to be in this movie. So, um, yeah, it, when 900 years old you reach, uh, in the Dawn of the Jedi, you are not. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 900 is still a far cry from 25,000. So I think we're going to be introduced to a whole new uh, slate of characters, probably, you know, new planets and stuff. I don't think we're going to be seeing, uh, you know, 25,000-year-old Tatooine. Um, probably all new planets. Maybe might see Octo. Maybe Typhon or Octo, yeah, some of the planets that we've seen in canon as far as like being ancient Jedi sites. It would be cool to see some of those in their prime and see kind of the first Jedi converge there and stuff. If we see Tatooine, it's got to be like a lush ocean world um, yeah. that is in the process of drying out. I so. like that. I like that. The Great Dragons are just like little iguanas. Tadpoles. <laughs> <laughs> Swimming around. <laughs> Um, all right, so that's the second movie, and I don't know, I mean, Tim, you said that's your most excited one. I'm really excited for that, too, but there's a, another strong contender in the New Republic film that we're going to be getting, directed by Dave Filoni, and this is going to be uh, sort of a big climax of a lot of the characters and storylines that they've been setting up in The Mandalorian, Ahsoka, The Book of Boba Fett. Um, a few years ago, when they, they did a, a big... Um, sort of Lucasfilm-like investor presentation talking about, and at that time they announced a lot of shows and stuff that were coming up. I think that was when they first announced the Ahsoka series, and at that time they mentioned that these were all going to kind of be building to a head and that there would be some kind of big crossover event. Um, and so now we know that that crossover event is going to be a theatrical movie. Um, and it's just going to be really cool to see some of these characters and storylines on the big screen. I'm really excited for Dave Filoni after you know years of being a fan of his through Clone Wars and Rebels. Um, and now getting to see him do live-action directing with The Mandalorian and stuff to uh, know that he's finally getting the chance to direct a live-action movie. And how can you not be excited when we're going to get a movie focused on Grand Admiral Thrawn, this big conflict between uh, the New Republic and the remnants of the Empire? I'm, I'm just hoping we get some big epic space battles and stuff. 
Um, and there's been some rumors recently that this might be, you know, the, the title of the movie might be Heir to the Empire, which of course is the iconic novel that introduced Thrawn in the first place. Um, that title is also name dropped in the Ahsoka trailer, and so as soon as I heard that, which I, we will get to, yeah, I kind of figured, oh, it would make sense if they if they called uh, the movie Heir to the Empire because um, Dave has talked a lot about sort of wanting to be true to the source material, bringing on Timothy Zahn as a consultant just to make sure that he's really sort of honoring the original intent of the character of Thrawn. So, um, yeah, this one might be my most anticipated. There's a lot of reasons to be excited for this one. Yeah, this one is, is going to be really cool because obviously, you know, we, we have a lot of threads that are kind of out there and starting to come together with the, the current TV shows with Mandalorian. And we're going to start some new ones here in just a few months uh, with Ahsoka. So uh, this is one that will probably kind of be able to track, you know, uh, in the next couple of years, kind of the the idea of what this movie is going to be if you're if you're keeping an eye on the tv shows but uh it's nice to know that this is looming out there on the horizon and uh, it's all going to come together it's all connected <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean just the fact that dave filoni is directing this movie is that really has me excited for it because i think obviously he's working on clone wars all the animated stuff i think he's done a great job in the live action episodes he's directed so now that he's going to have a chance to do a movie with like a full big budget. I just can't wait to see what he's going to do with that. And just also too, we're excited for this right now, right? I think as we see some of the upcoming series like Ahsoka, another season, even the Mandalorian before this comes out, it's that's, they're obviously going to lay some foundations and plant some seeds for what we're going to see in the movie. I think that's just going to add to the excitement uh, to this project once we get closer to its release. So as excited as we are for it now, I just think the more, series and episodes we see, it's just going to raise that excitement level through the roof by the time we get to it. Yeah, it's definitely going to make us more excited as we get closer and kind of just give us a, an idea of what to expect. Um, because we know that this is going to be a big culmination of all these shows, but we don't really know like how close we are to that yet. Um, I think like at Celebration, Kathleen Kennedy did an interview and mentioned this one still maybe being like six or seven years away. Um, and Ahsoka, which we'll talk about in a minute, was first announced as a limited series, but now they've kind of hinted at the possibility of maybe doing a season two. Um, but I think after we see the first season of Ahsoka, we'll kind of have a good sense of like, are we getting more of Ahsoka first? Is this all setting up big stuff that's going to jump right into a movie? Do we feel like that's still kind of a few years away? Is Thrawn the big threat right now, or are they still kind of teasing him and setting him up? So, um, yeah, I think just, you know, by the end of this year, within the next few months, we'll have a little bit better grasp on, um, sort of what to expect for this one. But, um, yeah, just with the, the stuff that we already know we're going to be seeing in this, it's going to be really cool. Speaking of Ahsoka. Speaking of Ahsoka, so we talked about the movies, now let's talk about the upcoming TV series. There's even more of those. Um, Ahsoka being the first one, the next one up, coming out August of this year. Uh, I don't think there's been an official, uh, an actual date released yet, but um, yeah, August 2023. How many of you have already seen the trailer for Ahsoka? Okay, a lot of you, probably most of you. We're going to watch it anyway. <laughs> um, yes, please. <laughs> yeah, that looks pretty cool. Oh. All right, so of course, Ahsoka is going to be continuing... Uh, the stories that we've seen uh, from Ahsoka in the live-action series so far in The Mandalorian and The Book of Boba Fett, as well as continuing story threads from Star Wars Rebels. Um, it's going to follow Ahsoka's search for, Dave Filoni said, two very specific people, which I think we know are going to be Ezra Bridger and Grand Admiral Thrawn. By the way, if you haven't seen Star Wars Rebels yet, it's on Disney+. Plus. It's not that long. It's, you know, four seasons. Um, I guess four seasons is kind of a lot. 
But you got time. If you put in the dedication, you can binge in between now and when the show comes out. And I think you're definitely going to want to do that. They've talked about how, like, um, you don't need to watch Rebels to understand Ahsoka. Like, they still want to make it make sense to a general audience and be approachable for new fans and stuff. But there's going to be a lot of backstory and a lot of context that's really going to enrich your understanding of what's going on in that show if you've seen um, Clone Wars too, but especially Rebels since it's kind of leading right into this. Yeah, you probably, if you watch Rebels, you recognize quite a few of the characters showing up in that. Uh, Ahsoka, Hera, uh, Sabine, Chopper. Yeah, Chopper, kind of the best. So, um, but yeah, it's it's going to be really good. They're definitely picking up a lot of themes from Rebels, uh, kind of at least in the initial stages. We'll see, we'll see how much that uh, stays on track. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just from the trailer, it kind of looks like a live-action Rebel season five with all these characters coming back in. But they did say that this is like this is Ahsoka's story. Um, it's specifically focused on her character, her search for, for Ezra and Thrawn, described as a samurai adventure. Um, and like I said earlier, it was first announced as a limited series, but now they're hinting at kind of a possibility for season two if this does well. I'm sure, I mean, if there's one thing we know about Dave Filoni, he has no shortage of Ahsoka stories to tell over the years. So yeah, um, I'm hoping we get a season two already from this trailer. I'm like, I know this is setting up Thrawn for the big movie and everything, but just give me more of Ahsoka too. And let's be honest, this is exactly what Dave Filoni was hoping would happen when he introduced Ahsoka in the Clone Wars all those years ago. Like, he wanted her on on the big screen on, in live action. This is exactly what Dave Filoni wanted. This is this is his baby, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah one of, talking about how it looks like to be a continuation of Rebels, and one of the things that has me most excited for is what they could potentially explore, is one of my favorite episodes of Rebels was A World Between Worlds, yeah. which just explored some crazy awesome stuff with the Force. And just some of the little teases they have, like in the symbols they have on the logo for Ahsoka, and just a few shots in the trailer, it's like, I think we might be exploring some more of that stuff. And when we get that, that's going to be just really intriguing to me. So if we get that and just dive deeper into that more fantasy mytholo mythological element of the Force in this, I think that's going to be a highlight of the series. And I think there's strong potential for that, knowing Ahsoka's time in there and just what she went through in Rebels in that uh, section of the world between worlds and how it connects to Ezra as well. So that's one potential thing from Rebels that I hope they really explore on in the series too. Yeah, if you don't know what that is, it's a hole. It's basically like a wormhole in the Force to reach any place at any time. It's crazy. Yeah, and I don't understand how it works. Nobody really does, but Dave Filoni wanted it, so it's in there. And that's what makes it so crazy. <laughs> yeah, and any time you get, you know, Jedi exploring ancient ruins, finding relics, exploring mysteries of the Force, that, like, I love all that kind of stuff. So, um, I mean, that scene in the trailer where she's having a lightsaber duel in this place that looks like it's, you know, an excavation of some old Jedi ruins or something, like, that's got me hyped right there. But then you throw in Thrawn and Sabine and Chopper and all this stuff on top of it. It's going to be great. So let's talk about the, the cast real quick. This is a picture of uh, a lot of them that were there at uh, Celebration this year. Um, it's going to be starring Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka Tano, of course, uh, Natasha Lou Bordizzo as Sabine Wren, Mary Elizabeth Winstead as Harrison Dula, Lars Mikkelsen returning from Rebels uh, to play Grand Admiral Thrawn in live action, uh, Ray Stevenson, um, who sadly is no longer with us, rest in peace, Ray, but um, he'll be playing uh, that lightsaber-wielding villain we saw, Balin Skull. Um, and Ivana Sakno is playing that other uh, force wielder named Shin Hati. Uh, Diana Lee Inosanto is returning from The Mandalorian playing uh, the magistrate Morgan Elsbeth. 
Um, and we get David Tennant returning to voice the droid Hu Yang from Clone Wars. Um, and this wasn't necessarily officially announced, but we kind of know that uh, an actor named Iman Asfandi is playing Ezra Bridger. Um, it was kind of leaked that he was playing Ezra in this and like never was really confirmed or anything, but then when the trailer came out, you only see that quick glimpse of Ezra as a hologram. And he kind of quipped on Twitter, he like retweeted it. It was like, thank you so much Lucasfilm for casting me as this hologram as Ezra, like it was an honor to get to be in Star Wars for two seconds. So uh, I highly suspect we'll see more than just a two second hologram of Ezra Bridger in this series. Yeah, no, that's it. I'm sorry. No, he's, he's, not, he's not coming back. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm honestly a little suspicious of the Inquisitor that's in there. That's true. We don't know who's playing that. It's Ezra. Ooh, I don't know. I'm don't kidding. Know. I'm kidding. I'm just sewing all sorts of conspiracies now. Um, yeah, we did see that cool Inquisitor in the trailer, too. We don't know who's playing that yet. I don't know if it'll be just another sort of random masked Inquisitor, or if the identity of that person is going to be some sort of surprise reveal, but... Um, yeah, it's just cool. <laughs> it's his, his long-lost brother. Somebody said that. <laughs> um, all right, so yeah, that's Ahsoka. That's the next one up. But we've got a lot of other shows coming up after that, the first of which is going to be Star Wars Skeleton Crew, and that's uh, coming out probably November or December of this year. Uh, and it's created by John Watts. Uh, it's set in the same time period as The Mandalorian. Um, not necessarily going to be directly connected with, uh, I mean, there hasn't been anything in Mando so far that's sort of spun off to um, sort of set this show up, but it's going to be set in that same New Republic time period. Um, the main characters are going to be a, a group of kids, um, as well as Jude Law, who's going to be playing a Jedi character. And they've, they've described this one as taking a lot of influence from 80s movies like E.T. and The Goonies, and uh, it's also kind of been described as like Star Wars' answer to Stranger Things. Um, so think, uh, you know, something along those lines where you have a group of kids that kind of get up into trouble and are, are going off on their own adventures and stuff, but um, they have mentioned that, like, even though the main characters are kids, this is not just, like, a, a show that's kind of targeted at kids. There's going to be a lot for adults to enjoy in there as well and kind of continuing this big main Star Wars narrative that we've been building with these shows. Latchkey Padawans. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm, I'm actually a little, in, I'm interested about this one. I, there's not been much talked about, like, specifically about this show, but I'm kind of curious about it. I'm, uh, obviously, Ahsoka is the show that I'm looking forward to the most right now, but I'm curious to see what this is all about. Um, and, if it's, and if it's going to end up, you know, being part of the, the whole web of things that are going to lead into that movie that Dave Filoni is directing. So uh, I'm not sure. They might hint at some things, but uh, we'll see what happens. And, you know, who knows? That Maybe they'll run across some of the uh, characters from the other shows and things like that, you know. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be some little connections. Yeah, this one has the potential to be really cool and it's something different for a Star Wars TV show and just a story. Just focus on a group of young kids. And obviously the things they're trying to aspire to be like, like Stranger Things, Goonies, and other 80s movies. I'm a huge fan of all those, so the fact that we're going to get something like that in the Star Wars universe, I think that's the potential to be really cool. And just also really intrigued by Jude Law's character as a Jedi, especially in this time period, um, when is Luke still rebuilding the Jedi Order? Is he someone from Luke's academy, or is he someone who was a Jedi in hiding, but when realized the Empire was defeated and Luke is rebuilding the Jedi Order, he comes out of hiding and maybe um, trying to make himself available to that, to the, Luke's new order. I don't know, so I'm intrigued by Jude Law's character in this one. Just what is his role as a Jedi in this time period? Yeah, I was going to say the same thing, too. Just I mean, we've seen so many stories already with uh, Jedi surviving Order 66. 
Um, but he could be uh, just another Jedi survivor type character, or yeah, he could be maybe a kid that never never got noticed by the Jedi Order and grew up in the time of the Empire, and what does it mean for him now to try to become a Jedi? Um, I think the, the passage of time in these shows is a little bit weird. I mean, it seems like not a lot of time takes place over the seasons, but then, you know, John Favreau has said some things like, oh, it's supposed to have been like a couple of years that have passed so far, so... Maybe since the last time we saw Luke in uh, the Book of Boba Fett building the Jedi Temple, maybe when Skeleton Crew starts, it'll be like a couple years later and he started recruiting some Jedi that we haven't seen yet. So I think that would be cool if he ends up being a, a recruit from Luke's Jedi and, um, you know, we start getting some insight into what uh, what's going on over in that area as well. Indeed. Um, but we also have uh, Jaleel White, uh, Steve Urkel from Family Matters. He recently said in an interview that he's going to be in this show as well, playing a pirate. One little connection that we do know from The Mandalorian is uh, also, if you remember, uh, the pirate Vane from um, Season 3, the guy that's like the henchman to um, Gorian Shard, who escapes at the end of that battle. He's going to be a villain in this show, um, and so it seems like some of the antagonists that these kids are going up against is going to be a group of pirates, so Vane will be in there, Jaleel White will be playing a pirate in there as well, so... Yeah, maybe. Pirate adventures in Star Wars are always fun. Maybe this will be where Hondo shows up? Sticking the same thing. <laughs> Hondo Naka. Yeah. Always a favorite around here. Um, all right, so the next series that probably is coming out sometime in 2024 is The Acolyte. Uh, this one is created by Leslie Headland. Uh, takes place at the end of the High Republic time period, which is the time period that uh, they're kind of focusing on a lot in the publishing stuff right now with the books and everything. It's roughly about 150 years before The Phantom Menace. Yeah, or at least th that's around the time when the Acolyte takes place. The whole High Republic era is kind of like several hundred years before. Um, kind of showing the, the Jedi at the height of their power and the Republic kind of as this big beacon of progress and expansion and everything. Um, but this is kind of at the tail end of this time period as things are starting to build in the direction of the prequel trilogy, um, telling the story of the dark powers that start emerging during that time period. Um, and we're going to see a lot of Jedi in this show, a lot of lightsabers, a lot of Jedi action, a lot of force powers, and that's going to be really cool to see. Um, There's a Wookiee. A Wookiee Jedi. Yes, yeah, that's, that's Leslie Headland on stage with uh, Kel Naka, the Jedi uh, Wookiee that's going to be appearing in this, in this series. Played by Eunice Wotomo, who also plays uh, Chewbacca in the sequel trilogy. Um, but yeah, it's just going to be cool to get another show focused on, you know, a lot on the Jedi Order and get a lot of lightsabers and Jedi action and stuff, but also start seeing those seeds of the reemergence of the Sith and seeing um, some, some dark side conspiring. There's been some speculation that maybe this show could lead to an introduction of Darth Plagueis in canon for the first time. I don't know if that'll happen or not. I don't know if it's going to be a one series thing or a, a one season thing or an ongoing series, but there's a lot of cool potential they could do here. Darth Plagueis the Wise. As a Padawan, yes. No, I don't. <laughs> no, I'm Darth Plagueis the, the still learning. Right, yes. Uh, I'm very, very excited about this this show. Uh, obviously, as I said earlier, Jedi are my thing. So anything that gives me more Jedi characters and more Jedi action, uh, I'm very excited about. So I'm, you know, obviously we haven't really seen much of, of this yet because it's still probably about a year out. Uh, but I'm, I'm incredibly excited to see what comes of the Acolyte. So as great as this, get all that new Jedi action. What also, what I'm most looking forward to this series is how its main protagonist is going to be a Sith or a Sith apprentice or someone within the dark side. And the path, the focus on this series of your main characters be Sith is going to be really fascinating to see unfold. And again, just to kind of 
have the seeds be planted to get to where they eventually get to in this, the prequel trilogy where Palpatine uh, takes down the Jedi Order and takes over the Republic. So that we see the early stages of that is going to be really fascinating to see kind of the point of view of the dark side users in a main series. I cannot wait to see. Yeah, definitely. Here's some of the casts that have been announced for the show. Um, also, I mean, one thing that's got me really excited for this, they didn't, they haven't publicly released a trailer yet, but they showed a trailer behind closed doors at Celebration and just the reactions from people that were there. People are, I've seen multiple people being like, man, I came into this excited for Ahsoka, excited, excited for Mando, the Acolyte wasn't really on my radar, and then they saw this footage and they were like, guys, the Acolyte, like, this is the one that's going to blow people away. Apparently they showed some some of those clips of just the Jedi action and stuff, and it was just blowing people's minds. So um, I've still been scouring the internet trying to find it. Haven't had any luck yet, but um, just based on the, the reactions and the descriptions I've heard, it sounds like this one is going to be really special and is going to surprise some people. Um, but then, of course, we also have the season two of Andor. Any Andor fans in here? Um, yeah, that first season was incredible, right? So uh, we're getting season two of Andor targeted for fall of 2024. Uh, season one came out in September of last year. Tony Gilroy said that uh, they were shooting for around that same time for season two. Um, but with the writer's strike right now, I know it's one of the shows that's kind of being delayed. So we'll see how that goes. Hopefully it's not pushed back too far, but um, should be at least sometime next year. Uh, it'll be 12 seasons, or 12 episodes just like season one, and we'll bridge the gap from first season of Andor to the events of Rogue One. And they described it as, you know how in season one of Andor, at least with like the first half of the season, there was like three episodes um, at the beginning that were kind of like their own story arc, and then they moved to the next three episodes that were also kind of like a, their own story arc, but then, you know, sort of built this whole story over the season. Um, but season, uh, season two is going to be even kind of more structured that way, where uh, there's going to be sort of chunks of three episodes that each tell uh, like one year of story covering those four years leading up to Rogue One. So I think we're going to see a lot of different um, places and locations and characters and sort of time periods in Cassian's life and in the formation of the Rebellion as we're building up to uh, the stuff that happens in, in Rogue One. So, I mean, we kind of all know where all this is headed. Unfortunately, it's not happy for Cassian, but... Um, it's going to be really exciting to see. I hope we get to see K2 introduced in Season 2 yeah, and uh, yeah. just more of the stuff that made Season 1 great. I definitely need more K2SO in my life, um, so hopefully he gets introduced here. I'm, you know, It was already at least loosely confirmed that he was going to be back at some point in the series, so um, hopefully that happens sooner rather than later in this season of Andor because uh, I think... It's such a serious season. I think you need a little bit of K2SO to just lighten things up just a little bit. My excitement for K2 is high. It's very high. <laughs> exactly. And I'm glad season two is going to continue the same format that season one had of having like those three episode arcs. I, thought, I wasn't expecting that in that first season, but I thought it was really cool. It's kind of like live action Clone Wars story structure. So I do like that that's continuing for season two. And I think this is going to be the season as far as kind of what I expected season one was going to be, where it is Cassian kind of really in the midst of the Rebel Alliance and doing missions for the Rebellion. But not that I'm complaining that season one wasn't like that. It was really cool to get his backstory and to see how he got involved with the Rebels, but now to kind of finally see him work within the Rebellion and go on missions and leading up to Rogue One is going to be really cool. Yeah, so that's uh, another thing we're looking forward to next year. And then, of course, at some point, we're going to be getting season four of The Mandalorian. This has not been sort of officially confirmed or announced yet, 
but I mean, if you've seen season three, it's kind of a nice wrap up to the stories that have been told over the first three seasons so far, but also definitely ends in a way that it leaves room for more stories. And I think there's a lot of interesting stuff they could do going forward with season four. Um, and I think I did kind of hear some, some unofficial reports that season four of Mando might also be delayed by the ongoing writer's strike. So, um, I mean, at least that's good news that that sort of confirmation that there is a season four happening. So yeah, John Favreau has said that he has begun writing season four before season three is even aired. That's true. Yeah, I think back at, at Celebration, he said he had already written season four. So um, yeah, excited to see more adventures with Mando and Grogu. We're actually going to be talking more Mandalorian tomorrow. We've got a panel for uh, just a Mando season three recap. Um, but yeah, just the way that that season ends with um, sort of the, the quest for Mandalore complete and Din and Grogu kind of back on their own, doing their own thing and doing bounties and missions for the New Republic and stuff, it's going to be kind of fun to get back to just sort of what the series started out as with just, you know, a bounty hunter and his uh, his young foundling um, navigating the galaxy. Yeah, now his son, son yeah. officially uh, adopted. <laughs> to uh, And to see them, you know, doing missions for the New Republic and exploring more of this time period and uh, kind of dealing with more of the Imperial Remnant, I'm sure that'll yeah. kind of tease some more stuff for the movie as well. But um, this, this is how they get Mando involved in whatever... Uh, movie that Dave Filoni is working on. This this yeah. is how you know his missions for the New Republic are going to start leading him down a path where he's going to be like, something's weird is going on here, and we're going to start crossing crossing the streams. I think <laughs> for some of these other shows, and it's all going to come together. So this this is this is how they get Mando from Mandalore to heir to the Empire. So my suspicions anyways no yeah you no know we gotta see him show up in that movie at some point they said yes dave said something about there's a lot of characters competing for screen time in that movie so <laughs> i think there'll be a lot of cameos and a lot of fun appearances yeah and if it is going to go back to kind of more in jar and being taken on missions and just going back to more of that season one season two format i think it's going to be really nice because in season three there were some episodes where he did kind of take the backseat a little bit and where it didn't feel like he was the main focus, but I felt for the story they were trying to tell in season three that was necessary, but to kind of get back to that where it's him and Grogu going on these uh, different missions is going to be gonna be nice to be going back to that again. Yeah, that'll be fun. Um, and we don't have a, a release date for that yet. Um, I would assume that would maybe come next after the shows that have been announced so far. So maybe late 2024, maybe early 2025, based on kind of the, the time in between seasons two and three, but we'll have to wait and see. Um, we do know that uh, sometime next year we're also getting a season three of The Bad Batch. It will be the final season of the show. Um, didn't release too many details uh, aside from that, but um, yeah, just, you know, if you've seen the first two seasons of Bad Batch, you kind of know where season three is headed um, with, you know, their quest to save their friends, reunite. I don't want to, I won't spoil too much for anybody that hasn't watched it yet, but um, yes, lots of, lots of Imperial machinations going on and, uh, you know, plenty of, of adventure and peril for the Bad Batch to overcome in this last season. It's too bad that it's ending, but also I feel like with where the show is at right now, I feel like one more season is going to be sufficient to kind of wrap up that story that they're telling. I think we're going to get a lot of good stuff in this last season. Um, and then I'm You don't want to overstay your welcome. Exactly, like this. exactly. And as much as I love the Bad Batch, I'm also excited to see what Lucasfilm Animation does next. And, you know, the Bad Batch ending means they can move on to do another show and get new stories and new characters and new time periods. So I'm excited for that as well. I'm just thankful that we are getting a season three because when the season two finale aired, they haven't officially announced it yet. And with how that ended, it's like, it has to get another season. <laughs> so thankfully that is the case. And I'm just looking forward to see how the story wraps up. But 
Uh, the season is just not going to be the same without Crosshair's Imperial Helmet anymore. Because <laughs> that thing is just the coolest looking Imperial Helmet design ever, so I'm going to miss that. Um, yeah, and then speaking of uh, Star Wars animation, we also got a season, uh, a season two of Tales of the Jedi announced. Um, now this was cool, I don't know how many of you watched the first season of Tales of the Jedi. It sort of originated as uh, just these ideas for these, these characters in the prequel trilogy in Clone Wars that Dave Filoni just kind of sketched out as he was flying back and forth from LA to San Francisco working on Mandalorian and stuff and had uh, enough good ideas that they were able to make these little series of shorts out of it. Um, and, uh, the season one was three short episodes about Ahsoka and three short episodes about Count Dooku before he became a Sith. Um, and it was some of the best Star Wars animation I have ever seen in my life. Uh, if you have not seen it, I highly, highly recommend it. The Dooku episodes in particular were my favorite, um, but that's just because I'm a huge fan of, of him as a character, uh, Christopher Lee as an actor. So, um, well, as someone who's a, a huge fan of Ahsoka, I went in more excited for the Ahsoka episodes and came out more impressed by the Dooku episodes. So, you know, come for more Ahsoka, stay for a surprising amount of rich Dooku backstory. Absolutely. It gave more of an appreciation for Yaddle, too, because she was awesome. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah, so Dave Filoni announced that they are doing a season two just because season one went so well. He's not going to be as directly involved in uh, season two, um, but he kind of talked about using this as kind of like a training ground to uh, train up new directors in Star Wars animation and kind of pass on the things that he's learned and uh, let some other directors kind of get their feet wet doing these little shorts and then maybe move on to doing their own Star Wars animated series. So that's, I think, going to be really cool as well. Obviously, Dave is going to be super busy with his movie and all the other live action stuff going on, but the fact that he's at least, you know, able to kind of mentor the, the up-and-coming up storytellers in animation as well is still really cool. Yeah, and there is no uh, hint of which Jedi they're going to be focusing on in season two. It's still like, hey, we're doing it, but my guess is it's still in pre-production because they didn't know how well season one was going to do. So uh, this will probably be a couple of years out, but um, it's coming, and I'm very, very excited. So I'm very curious to see who they choose for it. I'm hoping Qui-Gon. I'm hoping we get some Qui-Gon stories. Uh, that would be my, my wish list. Qui-Gon would be good. I would love to see Quinlan Boss. I think he would be a cool one. Um, also, the other one that I really want, Luke and Benzel. If we're not going to get like a movie or a, a series or something set in that time period with Luke training Ben and his new generation of Jedi, at least get some little vignette stories about Luke training Ben. I think that would be really cool. I'm kind of hoping to go all over in the time period and go way back. But one thing I think would be really cool if they tell a story of Tar Vizsla is how he became the first Mandalorian Jedi and see the creation of the Darksaber. I think that'd be a really cool story to explore in Tale of the Jedi. Yeah, I would be down for all of this. I hope the next season is like 15 episodes instead of six. <laughs> even if it's just another six, hopefully we continue to get more little batches of these stories over time, and uh, that would be really cool to see. Um, so let's talk real quick about some other Star Wars projects that have been announced as in development that we're not really quite as sure on the status on. Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna, this should be close in development, because these are things that have been talked about in the past, but there has been no real you know, information coming out about most of them for a while. Yeah. The so first one in particular I'm very sad about, the uh, Rogue Squadron film from Patty Jenkins, uh, was put on hiatus, um, ostensibly because she was busy uh, doing other projects, but I'm not sure if it's ever coming off the shelf, and I'm very disappointed about that. 
yeah, it was like, it was announced, they did a whole big reveal video with her in a pilot outfit and all this kind of stuff, and then she was also doing Wonder Woman 3 and like a Cleopatra movie at the same time, and like, the Star Wars, I think she was supposed to be working on Star Wars first, but it wasn't going as smoothly as they wanted, they weren't happy with the script, and she had to like put it on the back burner to work on her other stuff. And then, of course, I think she stepped down as director on the Cleopatra movie to make Wonder Woman, and then Wonder Woman got canceled because of the restructuring at DC, so maybe she'll be able to come back to doing Star Wars. We don't really know the status of that one. Uh, I'm also, not holding my breath, but I'm very, very sad that yeah. it's, we don't know more. Um, also, it, it was announced a while ago that Taika Waititi was going to be directing a Star Wars movie. Uh, no real official updates on that recently. They didn't talk about it at Celebration at all, but anytime Kathleen Kennedy or Taika Waititi is asked about it, they mention him still working on it. It just seems like he's kind of off doing his own thing and he's so busy with other projects. Like, he's in the process of writing it, but it's kind of like, when he's ready, when he's done, we'll, we'll get around to making that one. So, I think there's a good chance that still happens, just probably farther off in the future. Yes. Somewhere, someday, sometime. Very unspecific. <laughs> um, and then lastly, they also talked about doing a Lando series with Donald Glover returning. This is another thing that was announced forever ago. Haven't heard any updates on it since. But Donald Glover is also one of the, those guys that, you know, is super busy. He does a lot of stuff in Hollywood with both movies and TV shows and his music career and everything. So that's another kind of thing that is like, they still talk about, oh yeah, we still want to do that. We still want to make it happen. It's just kind of waiting for the right timing and for everybody involved to uh, be able to commit to it. Yeah, hopefully all these see the light of day because I always get bummed when they announce a new Star Wars project and then either gets canceled or it gets put on hold. So hopefully it won't be the case with these ones. I mean, if we have to wait a bit longer, that's fine because the stuff they did announce that looks to be on the near horizon is going to be well worth the whole this over until we get these and just the more Star, Star Wars content we get, uh, the better in my opinion. So even if we have to wait, wait a little bit longer for it. So hopefully these ones I'll eventually all get to see somewhere down the line. I'm not yeah. holding my breath, but there's always hope. Yeah. Um, a new one. <laughs> so yeah, we're not sure about these ones, but obviously we got plenty of stuff to be excited about that is officially announced that we're getting trailers and stuff coming out for. So um, yeah, it's, it's, as we always say on our podcast, it's an exciting time to be a Star Wars fan. Um, there's going to be lots of good stuff coming up in these next couple of years. Um, but that's pretty much all the big projects that we've got to talk about. So we will take questions. Please raise your hand and we'll call on you. Uh, you were the first one I saw? Yes. How do you feel about Hayden Christensen maybe appearing as a horse ghost in Ahsoka? I would love it. I would, I would pass away. Um, <laughs> yes, the potential for Hayden Christensen being back as a Force Ghost, and we know Luke came back in the Book of Boba Fett and the Mandalorian season two. And if there's a scene with Luke, Anakin, and Ahsoka, that I'm just gonna lose it. <laughs> that could be one of the best Star Wars moments ever. So yeah, I mean, don't want to get too excited about getting my hopes up too high. It doesn't happen where I'm disappointed, but if that does, oh boy, yeah, it's I think be it's very possible. Yeah, the, the fact that he was in, you know, Obi-Wan, the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, uh, you know, means he's back in Star Wars, so, you know, possibly, I'd be very happy, um, but I'm not, I don't, I don't want to get my expectations too high, because it already looks like a great series, but I don't want to, I don't want to be disappointed when something I pipe dreamed for doesn't happen. Uh, over here, sorry. Uh, what do you want to see in Bad Batch Season 3? 
Besides crosshairs, the, 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 the rest of them make it out alive. Yeah, right. I don't. Oh, I don't know. Uh, there's. I don't want to say too much because I don't want to spoil it for anybody. But yeah, it was. I just want to see like what's going on at the lab, like what all they're working on. I want to get more answers on that. I'm sure we will, but I don't know. It's yeah. it's gonna be crazy. Yeah, I, I just I hope they get a happy ending. But yes, I also want to see what the Empire is up to and what kind of scheming. What what are they using the Zillow Beast for? Like all kinds of different experimentation and projects and stuff they're trying to do with that. So I'm also hoping too we kind of see the conclusion of the clone trooper story within the Empire, like where they're just totally phased out, and we see where the remaining clones end up on. Yeah. So, the, see, that's the problem. Like, I want to see a clone rebellion against the Empire. I want to see Echo and, or, uh, yeah, Echo and Rex and, and Hauser and all these other clones get to kind of fight back against the Empire. But, like, we know that wouldn't go well because 20 years later, the Empire is still around and clone troopers are not. So, um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of interesting stories they could do, but not all of them would end happily. So I'm, I'm trying to be careful with what I wish for. Here. Right, yeah. It, it, that has a potential to end on a down note. And I'm, I'm very worried. Yes, sir. So in Dawn of the Jedi, 25,000 years seems kind of random. Um, or is there something, do you guys think that there's some sort of significance to it, that there is some sort of epochs or eras that somehow brought them to 25,000? Or was, were the writers like, well, we give you 10,000, no, let's do 25. It's a nice round number that gets you <laughs> as far away from what's what we've already got. Um, and, and it's still like, far enough back so that you're not running into stuff from the old Republic either. So I think that's probably more what it is. It's like they want to still play in Star Wars, but keep it as far back from everything else so that you can build the foundation without interrupting or affecting anything else. That's my guess. Yeah, and I think, I mean, that's probably more of just a rough estimate as well. I wouldn't be surprised if the movie kind of spans maybe several generations, if this is talking about the origin of the Force and sort of the first people to discover it, and then we also see the Jedi Order coming together and the Sith splitting off. Like, there's a lot of stuff that you could do in that era that wouldn't necessarily all take place within, like, a couple years of each other. So I'm curious to see if that movie does kind of span a long period of time or if we maybe get that turned into a trilogy or something with large time gaps in between. Um, but, yeah, like you said, I think it's just kind of kind of an arbitrary number, I guess, but it's just something that's far back enough that it sort of feels still like relevant history that's connected to the current stuff, but far back enough that it's its own thing as well. I agree. Okay. Yes, yeah, sir. I, I would really like to see in the Tales of the Jedi do the, to redo some of the, the, the Dark Horse comic stuff with Eula Keldoma and Exar Kun, Nomi Sunrider, Master Arca. Uh, yeah, get some that, of the Old Republic stuff. Yeah, I mean, that would be, that's, that's, yeah, I mean, again, with them adding the, the Old Republic to that canon timeline, I think we'll get some stuff in that era eventually. Um, I don't know if they would, I think if they are going to do some sort of big stuff with that, they might, might start with a movie or a series before going into sort of filling in some of those gaps with Tales of the Jedi, but that's something I would love to see as well, sort of more, more ancient history stuff. I love the Old Republic and all that stuff, so... Um, yeah, if they if they wanted to do Tales of the Jedi shorts about that, I'd be all for it. Yeah, it'd just be a cool way too to get some of those characters that you mentioned into the official canon, and then kind of explore maybe further down the line if some of them maybe get well received more than others in those shorts, and then just 
explore more beyond that too. So yeah, yeah, because those are some great stories, and to get those characters in the canon, it would be great. Uh, do you think we'll see Cal Kestis from the Jedi Fallen Order in live action at some point? You activated my trap card. <laughs> I, I love Cal Kestis. I love those video games. I hope they keep him as far away from live action as possible, at least until the games are finished. Because those games take so long to make, and the stories are so good. Like I want them to have total creative control over just what they're trying to do in the game and not have to worry about, oh, we have to change this or that or the other thing to make it line up because they're also putting Cal in a TV show or a movie or something like that. I think the director of those games did say that he envisioned it as a trilogy. So if they're just going to do one more game, again, that's probably going to be another like three or four years away. Um, let them make the game first, let them finish that story, and then if, yeah, I mean, if Cal is still alive, hopefully at the end of the third game and they feel like there's potential to tell more stories with him farther in the future and want to bring him into a TV show or Raise Jedi Order or something like that, I would be all for it. But for right now, I want to just let them focus on making the games good. Yeah, I think it's only a matter of time before we see them. But it's going to happen at some point. Yes, sir. If there are possibility, John Favreau will be involved in more Star Wars projects? Well, he's already uh, involved in season four of The Mandalorian. I know that for sure. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's involved in a lot of this stuff still. Um, Obviously, yeah, with Mandalorian Season 4, he's going to be heavily involved in that. He's also an executive producer on Skeleton Crew, on Ahsoka, um, all that kind of stuff that is taking place in the High Republic, or the, sorry, the New Republic era and sort of branching off from the Mandalorian and stuff. He's going to, you know, sort of be helping to oversee that creatively. Um, the movie as well. I'm, I honestly was kind of surprised that it was Dave Filoni directing it and not John Favreau directing it since he has more, you know, blockbuster you know, movie experience with uh, Iron Man and stuff like that, but um, they did say that Dave is going to be directing it and John Favreau will be an executive producer on that movie as well. So. I mean, they're kind of a package deal at this point, so yeah. where yeah. one goes, you'll get the other in some way, I think. And he's talked about how much he loves working in the Star Wars universe and has no plans to stop anytime soon. I saw a hand over here a minute ago. Yes, sir. Uh, I would like to see some more of the Video game characters like, um, well, not just like you mentioned, uh, Cal Kestis earlier. Again, I do think they should finish that, but um, I would also love to see Star Killer or some of the others from that from the games. Yeah, there's always potential, especially with Dave Filoni involved. He likes to take things that are no longer canon from the expanded universe and kind of rework them and fit them in, like he did with Thrawn, and he's done with some other things. I I've always felt this way, and, and a lot of other people I know agree. I don't think Starkiller would really fit in the current canon, just with how sort of overpowered he is, and that being such a, a thing that's like tailor-made just for a video game. But you definitely could maybe rework that character to be an Inquisitor or something like that. So um, I think there's certainly a, a possibility to bring some of those things in. And with other video game characters, I mean, you know, there's, there's Kyle Katarn and... All these other, especially during this this period in between episodes six and seven, like there's a lot of different characters they could bring in. Ida Versio from Battlefront. I mean, what what if what if Jude Law in Skeleton Crew with Kyle Katarn? He certainly oh. seems to be sort of that type of character. I would be very surprised if he is Kyle Katarn, but I think the fandom would collectively lose their minds if he was. <laughs> um, yeah, the uh, as far as Star Killer, uh, if they've find any way to work him into live action or any of the animated stuff, you know Sam Witwer will be right there to do whatever needs to be done. 
So yeah. he's he's about as gung ho about all that as any of us. So um, I saw a hand. Yes, sir. Go see a series focused on Luke's Jedi Order. I would love something. Um, I think. I think it would probably be best served in animation at this point because that way you don't run into the weirdness of having Mark Hamill being de-aged all the time and the expense of de-aging Mark Hamill every time he's on screen. Um, so maybe after Bad Batch is done, they, they start up a, a new animated series focusing on Luke and rebuilding his order. Um, that way you can just get Mark Hamill in the voiceover booth and you know don't have to worry about uh, his face. So. <laughs> I, I would love to see that as well. And that's something that for a long time I've been kind of uh, you know, suggesting as an animated series. Unfortunately, I think with the announcement of Rey's new Jedi Order movie, I think that kind of makes the chances of, a, of also doing a Luke new Jedi Order series um, kind of a lot less likely, especially that we know Luke's Jedi Order is doomed to fail and you're focusing on another new Jedi Order that is hopefully going to succeed and carry on into the future. I just think it would kind of kind of be a little bit redundant to have stories about two different new Jedi Orders going on at the same time. At least in the same medium, which is why I think animation might be the best place for the Luke yeah. story. And if we don't get it as a series, like I said, I still would at least love to see some Tales of the Jedi shorts about that just to get to explore that time period a little. Yeah, because the only place where they explored that stuff is mainly in the comics, and there's some great stuff with Luke in that time period in the comics, and to get that in either animation or live action at some point, I think would be really cool to explore at some point. Yeah, for sure. Right here. Uh, given the size of the Star Wars universe, is there a show concept you want to see that actually has nothing to do with Jedi or Empire or Stormtroopers, like, like a pod racing show? <laughs> now, now this is pod racing. Um, I would love to see another pod racing video game. Um, I don't necessarily know that I'd want to see a whole show dedicated to it, but certainly to work something like that into one of the stories and get to see that again, I think it'd be really cool. But yeah, mostly like just with the current gen consoles and graphics and stuff, like yeah, just give me a, a new pod racing game. One of the things I have always, I've said for several years that I would love to see, and I'm sorry, it, it involves some Jedi, um, but that's just my obsession, uh, is a movie set a couple hundred years before The Phantom Menace, where Yoda goes on a mission and meets up with pirates and Maz Kanata. Um, I want Yoda and Maz Kanata to go on some sort of adventure together, because she apparently knows him. Um, but yeah, since they're both short and ancient, I want the two of them to go on an adventure. And she would just make fun of him for talking backwards the whole time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't know, one thing I think would be cool, I don't know, it would be like too expensive to do, but I'm a big fan of the clones and just their story and, and Kamino and just the Kaminoans. And if we could get like a series or a story explored to like just the Kaminoans and their cloning technology, kind of like a thriller espionage type story involving cloning technology and that type of stuff, that would be cool. Because finally give us the full story of Sycadeus. Yeah, just even like that episode we got in season one of the Bad Batch where like their original planet where they were first experimenting with cloning and we saw some of like their own experiments on themselves in those tubes. They're just like exploring more stuff of their history and really cracking the code on cloning and how they came to get that technology kind of perfected. All right, I think I saw one other question back here and this will be the last one. So um, with all the different types of games that they seem to be going into, 
you think they'll ever revisit the Jedi Net, Jedi Academy, arena shooter style games? Um, tune in tomorrow. We've got a whole other panel about Star Wars video games, but I think it's certainly a possibility. Um, yeah, I know there is a, a new Star Wars shooter game in the works that could possibly um, take inspiration from something like that. Certainly, at least with, uh, uh, with Ray's New Order, it seems like a prime for an academy, right? Yeah, certainly. Um, or even something in between. Like That movie is going to be taking place 15 years after the sequel trilogy, so we could maybe get some games and some other material exploring what happens in those in-between. Um, once they finish those movie stories. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we'll be hanging around afterwards. So if you want to come up and chat with us well, uh, anymore, but be before, you, before you come up and chat, we got one little surprise for you guys for sticking around all the way to the end. We're going to watch the Ahsoka trailer one more time. <laughs> However, but, uh, this, is, this is the special edition. This is the leaked one from Celebration. I think they were excited. Yeah. <laughs> I love that guy at the end. He's like, Space World! <laughs> um, yeah, so that's super exciting with you know, Thrawn and, and Sabine wielding a lightsaber and all that kind of stuff. So definitely looking forward to that. Um, but yeah, that's our time. So thank you guys for coming and uh, talking Star Wars with us first thing in the morning. Enjoy the rest of your time.